What's up? Howdy, how's it going? It's the College Football Podcast. He's Patrick Brittman. I'm Patrick Norwood. Maybe you've seen us before. Maybe we've been around. Running through your dreams as the, 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 so our like monitor just started playing. So I, at least we know the mics are working. The mics are working. We're up. Uh, we've got four watchers, four or five listeners. Four watchers, or five thousand. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bowers injury, how important. We've already got a question. We've already got a question. Oh, uh, that's on the docket too. That's on here. We're going to talk about gonna, that. But we're going to talk about it right now. Biggest injury in college football that I can remember in some time that's not a quarterback. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd say SEC East injuries, Hannon Hooker last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but other ones that come to mind, Percy Harvin was out for a while for Florida. Probably migraines. Um, and then, uh, oh gosh, uh, Lattimore from South Carolina. I think yeah. that injury to Georgia is as important as those three players to other SEC. Considering the, the games that Georgia has coming up, I mean, they still have the, hot, the toughest games on their schedule, uh, meaning... Tennessee, uh, Missouri, yep. those guys, yep. to not have Bowers, and he's been what's made their offense move. That's a, that's a tough thing. He's so also, He's huge in the run game, too. He is. He's, he's not only good in the pass game, which we all know about, but he's huge in run Fantastic blocking and blocker. run support. He so, does everything so perfect. Yeah, no, uh, that's, it's a massive injury. But, hey, listen, how's your weekend? It was, uh, it was good. I was out in Johnson City. We didn't get to watch games together this weekend, so mm-hmm. you're, you're watching this conversation happen live on our podcast. Uh, well, that's good. That's yeah, I went good. out to Johnson City, saw the uh, the girlfriend's brother and his girlfriend, so um, sure, uh, we stay with them. They have Shout their out. dog named Bear, actually named after Bear Bryant. Uh, did you know this? No. MC's brother Sam has a dog, and, I mean, they're not Alabama people, but... Okay, so that's why I the, p- the place that they adopted him from had already named him, and he had a name. Wait, you're being serious? Bear. No, I'm serious. Bear is, Bear is a real dog that got to play with Duncan this weekend. Wow. Um, yeah, so if this is a first-time listener... If you're a first-time listener, if you're oh, watching yeah. this on YouTube and you just yep. happen to click on it, sure. wondering what this all is, this is a college football podcast uh-huh. that we are streaming to Twitch. Yep. And while we do that, we will be playing NCAA Football 14. I'll actually show you the main screen here. We, uh, we are 10 weeks, 10 games into the schedule. Uh, we're 7-3. and three. We've lost three games, unfortunately, but we've won seven. Uh, we're down to the last couple games of the regular season. We're about to play ECU. And while we do that, we're going to talk college football. We encourage you to hit us up in the comments. Yeah, talk in. ball with us. Chime in. This is a very shout out Tyler for the question, by the way. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Tyler. Tico, this is a very loose podcast. Thank so. you, Tyler. We need uh, to talk about Baldur's Gate three, Tyler, at some point soon. I don't know. He's playing that. I don't know if he is. It sounds like something he would do, and it sounds like a game that he and I would have spent a lot of hours playing when I was in college. I'm excited to play Baldur's Gate. That's my next uh, game on the list. Other than Spider-Man, of course. Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man's going to trump all of it, but that won't take me long to play and beat. Uh, Okay, so it was was a great week of college football. Like, Mm -hmm. as far as just scores and game entertainment, this was a huge week for college football. Um, But let's let's start off, you know, dive right in. Best game of the week, Washington, Oregon. Bo Nix had, he played out of his mind. The only player who I think played better than Bo Nix was uh, Penix. Yeah, Penix was, was awesome. Out of his mind. I knew he was accurate, but I haven't really watched a ton of Washington. So now I, that I've seen how accurate he is, I see what does make him different. It's just there's this little thing that certain quarterbacks have when they're at that level, where it's just that little extra accuracy. Yep. I was so impressed by him. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was he was awesome. He was dynamite. Uh, you have here Heisman front runner after this game. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't you know, think anybody's going to argue with that at no, this point. No, it's it's his throne and his crown at this point, especially with Caleb Williams struggling mightily. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, Does my mic sound weird? It keeps flipping over. I think you're okay. I'm going to try. Chat, to let us know if the mic stay as still as possible. Um, but yeah, no, he was he was awesome. Washington's defense was 
uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Not good. I don't think either defense looked particularly horrible considering the offenses they were playing. Yeah, uh, but I think, I mean, okay, so I'll ask you, why did Oregon lose this game? Um, I mean, I, it, it was a game that pretty clearly was going to come down to some final possessions. And oh, I just realized that I have a first and 20 because I, did not, I didn't realize that it didn't switch over. Um, no, it was going to come down to the final possession, and Washington just got the best of them there. I, I, there, was a, there was a little bit of play calling down the stretch on those final possessions that you could probably be upset about if you're an Oregon fan, if I remember correctly. I think, yeah, I think Lanning really lost this game for Oregon. They had a chance to punt uh, at the end of the game and really pin Washington's offense deep. Now, I understand Washington's offense was moving the ball quite well, yeah. but if you have some, a chance with a lead on the road to pin somebody deep, you do it. Of course. Um, and instead, they, they ran a, a, a bad uh, fourth down call. Oh, no. It's already started. It's okay. Uh, they ran a, a bad fourth down call, and, uh, you know, it, it, it didn't convert. Um, so, yeah, uh, Parker here, Oregon coaches, cost that game 100%. Okay. Uh, also, uh, instead of kicking two field goals, Lanning decided to go for it on fourth down twice in the red zone. See, these are the things I didn't play, see, watching yes. the extended and highlights. And so you have six points that are on the board there. They would have been huge, uh, a huge six points going into the end of the game. And then uh, the decision not to punt. You know, I just, I hate to see that for Oregon. I hate, you know, Parker said it when he was here this week. Um, I hate that that game was decided by poor coaching and not by play. Yeah. Right. So basically what happened between Oregon and Washington is they just sort of switched spots now in the national stage because Oregon going into the game, I looked at the ESPN FPI like playoff percentage. Uh, they had a 40% chance to go to the playoff, and Washington was roughly around 20-ish. Yep. And they flipped. So now, now ESPN's giving Washington a 40% chance to make the playoff, which is very high at this point of the year. Yeah. And uh, Oregon about 19.4. Um, I say that to, to ask this. There's a lot of one-loss teams that we're going to be talking about. One-loss teams that can still make some noise. And we're gonna, I mean, Alabama's one of them. USC is now one of them. There's a lot of teams like that. Uh, uh, there's, there's a path, at least in my mind, is the one for you for Oregon to kind of get back into this thing. I think the Pac-12 is on a high enough level where there are still some marquee games that will put you back in the, sure. the committee's eyes, I, I think, suppose. I think there's that, and I think there's also um, a lot of that conference can eat each other, Yeah. right? Um, and that's that's something that we need to keep an eye on too. Um, speaking of which, you know, in a transition a little bit, uh, USC and Washington still play each other. And if you think that USC is just sort of done for the year after the loss to Notre Dame, you mm-hmm. are mistaken. There's a lot of teams that have lost that aren't done for the year. We'll go right into USC. Uh, they were destroyed though by Notre Dame. They 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 did a lot worse for their cause than Oregon did. Yes. 48-20 is going to be a hard score to look back on. Unless Caleb Williams just plays completely out of his mind. You can look at that as like a one bad weekend. He had three through three picks things. But three interceptions for the first time in his career. Um, and he was not just like a reason they lost. He was perhaps the main reason they lost. Which was so shocking because I think if we had gone into this week saying like, Notre Dame beat USC, you go, oh, well, clearly USC just gave up yeah. a ton of yards because it's yeah, a Lincoln-Riley well, team, but they only had 250 yards Notre Dame. Yeah, no, it wasn't like Sam Hartman just was, you know, playing like the NFL-caliber quarterback no. that everybody said he was preseason. It, it wasn't that at all. It was mm. it was the turnovers. The play Five turnovers was, for USC. The play calling was really shaky at times in that game, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't say bad. I, I won't say it was disappointing or anything. It was just a little shaky. and It looked like Williams just never got in a rhythm, never got comfortable in that game. But I don't know what to make of that. You know, that's not a normal um, uh, Lincoln-Riley team loss. 
usually when they lose, it's because uh, Caleb Williams put up 500 yards, but they gave up 501 yards. You know what I mean? Uh, so that'll be the, the Trojans still have Utah. I think Utah's this week. Let me, yeah. yeah. Um, that's yes. that they got Utah this week. That's a monkey they have to that's shake a, up their back. That's a huge game. They've lost to them twice last year. Absolutely. And they still got Washington and Oregon. You beat all three of those teams, and I think that's a pencil into the playoff situation. Yes, I so, agree with you. It's big that they lost, um, and it's big that they lost by 28. Right. But because they have three top 15 matchups left, I'm still I'm not writing them off. You don't feel good after a loss like that. No. You don't feel good about them beating all three of those teams. But with Caleb Williams, you can. Yeah, right. And so we'll see. That'll be an interesting thing to see what happens there. We'll move on to the next game. Uh, Georgia beating Vanderbilt 37-20. And I read that score and you go, oh, Vanderbilt did a little thing, but they scored 13 garbage time points. Yes. Uh, well, Georgia, for all intents and purposes, destroyed they Vanderbilt. Had, they had as a, they should. a lead uh, going into the second quarter. Vanderbilt mm-hmm. did. Which I think, true. I think made a lot of people sort of sit back and go, oh my gosh, is it? No, it's Vanderbilt. Yeah. No, it's not happening. Would it have been funny? Yes. Did Vanderbilt cover? Yes. Uh, but that game was never, Georgia was never at risk of losing that game in my mind. Um, but we talked about it right off the top of the show. Uh, Bowers' injury is huge. That's the main storyline. That, story is, that is a That's huge the reason I put it on the main part of the docket yes. because, because you can't understate an injury like Brock Bowers. I mean, like I said, from from a non-quarterback standpoint, obviously losing your quarterback is a bigger deal for every team in the country. But from a non-quarterback standpoint, he is a top probably three or four important college football player in yes, the country. Absolutely. For what he does with the, for the team and, and the plays he's able to make. And he bails them out so often. Fantastic touchdown drive. Thank you. You settled me down. You settled UAB hey, down. We just needed to get in a rhythm and we're fine. Yeah. We're fine. We're fine. And um, I promise I won't start this drive no, no, uh, first and 20. You're, okay. you're okay. You're okay. Um, yeah, no, and then we, you know, the Georgia losing Bowers and then having to go play the schedule that they play isn't yeah, ideal. Yeah, read off, read off those those teams yep. I put. So they've got uh, Florida, they got the cocktail party, which that's a rivalry game. And for what it's worth, Graham Mertz looked awesome this past weekend. Yeah. Um, which is a rare thing to say, and I don't think that's going to be a trend. But he did. Mertz look- has been halfway I don't want to say that. he's been pretty good since, been since that since that first he's loss. He's been decent for sure. Um, he's I had more good games than bad games. He since is their going loss. to need ha- to have a Stephen Garcia, Spencer Rattler type game. Yeah. Um, for them to upset Georgia, um, but with Bowers out, man, that's that's a possibility. Mizzou has been another team that, especially through the air, has been good. Um, can really flip games on their head. Um, they're a team that could that could feasibly mm-hmm. beat Georgia. Uh, Ole Miss is the one that I would circle. All these teams can score was, is my main point about yes. losing Bowers. Yes, um, and you're going to need your best offensive player if you're in a game where you have to score. Oh, stay up. Get upfield. Oh, I like that. That's lovely. That's just lovely. Going to start. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just one of those things um, where Ole Miss is going to – they they're going to need to score on almost every possession, I think, because as we yeah. saw from the LSU game, I, I don't think their defense is really good enough to stop uh, Georgia's offense. Um, but uh, Tennessee is another one. Mm-hmm. Depending on how they play against Alabama on Saturday, we'll talk about that game a bit later on. We know Josh Heupel can score points. It's not been as easy this year as it was last yes. year, but like they're going to be up for that game. That's a revenge game for Tennessee. It, it's not as easy as it seemed like it was going to be for Georgia. Just losing a tight end, which is... Sounds kind of weird to say. Well, and then, you know, not for nothing, Georgia Tech does have a top 15 upset this year. That's true. I didn't I didn't put Georgia on there, which is a little, Georgia Tech, I mean, that's a little disrespectful, but 
I mean, yeah, Georgia Tech has beaten a good team this year in Miami, an okay team in this year uh, in Miami. Let's transition to Miami, shall we? Let's do it. Uh, Tar Heels win 41-31. Uh, Drake May is finally looking, you know, he's he's been listening to the podcast and putting it on his bulletin board, I think it's fair to say. I think so. Um, we did give him a lot of material. We, we did, so UNC fans, you're welcome. Um, but he's, he's finally looking like the quarterback. There were several throws the other night during that game where he just could not miss. Uh-huh. He could not miss. Um, it's, t- it's, it's all, I mean, Tez Walker was... That's a big deal. I didn't realize that it was going to be such a big deal. Yeah, that's that they got Tez Walker. Huge for them. Huge for them. Um, and I think uh, you got them. That's six. That's six Tutter. all day. Hey, coach, great call. Thank great you. Great call, coach. Um, yeah, he's he's a massive part of that offense. Um, I, I think it helps relieve some of the pressure on the other receivers as well. I think it was the one of the receivers uh, that you know clearly Drake May was most comfortable with. Um, I'm, I'm very interested to see sort of where Miami goes from here. Yeah. Um, I really wanted them to come out and sort of... And now, granted, UNC started pretty slow. They did. Um, Miami was outplaying UNC, I would say, the entire first half. UNC yes. was out of sorts. And then it was just that third quarter where they put up 21 points and Miami was turning the ball over. Uh, now, Tyler Van Dyke made one of the best throws I've seen this year, uh, staring down a blitz, and I mean, he put sure. the ball yep. on the money. The problem is that Jake, Drake May came out in the third quarter and did two or three of those. Yes. And right. Miami was rattled, and they never got back in it. No, no, they didn't. I'm disappointed in Miami. I'm disappointed in the way they played that second half. I'm obviously disappointed in the loss of Georgia Tech. I wanted them to keep winning. I wanted this to be a three-horse race in the ACC. I did too. Uh, even with a loss, but it, it looks like Miami's probably in my mind, going to bow out for the season. Yeah, I, I don't see them making much well, more noise. And then news came out today that, uh, or I think it was yesterday or maybe even Saturday after the game, um, that uh, Tyler Van Dyke has some sort of uh, tendon or bone issue in his hand that Makes he's sense. been playing he's with for killed. a few weeks. Um, so it's, it's really going to be tough for them to sort of right the ship. And again, like you mm-hmm. said, I wanted this to be a three-horse race. I didn't I did. want this to be a two-horse race, but here we are, and that's college football. They can play spoiler. That's, if you can get to the second level I there. Mean, oh, I mean, if you can just... I mean... I don't know what kind of defensive alignment that is. I don't know what's about to happen. Yoink. Beautiful. Um, true or false? Uh, the ACC title game is going to decide a playoff I spot. love this question so much. I really do, and I think it could. Um, I really think it could, depending on... Now, there's one team that can play spoiler in all this, and you know who I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do. Um, one team that can play spoilers, it's still Clemson. Yes. Yeah, they, can, they still haven't played either of these two Absolutely. teams. Absolutely. Clemson could play spoilers. They played Florida State, sorry. For anybody in this conversation, yeah. Yeah, other than teams that they've already played. Um, but yeah, Clemson is the big X factor in this. I'm yeah. very excited about the, the North Carolina-Clemson game because I think by the time UNC rolls around, Clemson has, will be playing a little bit. I think they were off this past week. Um, I don't remember hearing about it. Maybe they weren't. Uh, I think you're right on that. Uh, which shows you how far they've fallen, if that's the case. But, no, that, that's a team that, you, that North, North Carolina doesn't want to play. That's probably the toughest game they have left, perhaps. Uh, and they both have Duke. Florida State and uh, North Carolina still have to play Duke, yep. which uh, is the only ranked team left on their schedules. Sound off in the comments if you think that Clemson has a realistic chance of beating North Carolina. Sound off in the comments uh, if the, that game was played today, who are you taking, Tar Heels or Knowles? Knowles um, or Knowles, I was talking about Clemson, but yeah, oh, that's, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. Tennessee and A&M was a, I, won't, I don't want to go so far as to call it a slugfest, but uh, it was a close, good uh, blue SEC type game. Yeah. Blue collar effort. It's, um, it looked, I might keep slipping. It looked see, like a, is, like a 2000, yeah. it looked like a 2000, 
nine SEC kind of matchup. Like a little Jefferson pilot yeah. 1 p.m. game? Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Um, the difference being a punt return, 39-yard uh, punt return yep. touchdown for Tennessee. I haven't actually seen the play, but that's uh, they must have been punting out of the back of their end. So defense, special teams is the difference for Tennessee. Are you impressed or underwhelmed by from Tennessee's effort? Uh I'm impressed because that's that's a tough Texas A&M team to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, everybody look, seems to be doing it. You look at <laughs> you look at the uh, you look at their roster and you look at what they had done up into the Alabama game this season, and they looked like a really good team minus the Miami game. Um, and so it's it's definitely one of those things where I don't think you can fault Tennessee for anything that happened in that game. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think Milton. Definitely left some to be desired. There's a lot of overthrows. Yeah. Um, a lot of Tennessee fans are wondering where uh, Nico has been. I can't say. I cannot remember for the life of me his last name. Where Nico's I, been. I am a layover um, or something. I don't even know if I got that right. I don't, I've never heard it said out loud. I don't know if he's really ready for that stage yet, and especially against a team like Texas A&M. Um, but they got the win, uh, and they got the win at home, and it was an important home win. On the flip side... A&M's got to be tired of this, man. That's what I, I want to know where really the... I'm really like, tired of this. I, I need to talk to an A&M fan to know what the pulse is. Ooh. Hmm. I thought that would get there. It's okay. Because... XX? Yeah, an incomplete rosters. It's oh, we, okay. we, we did this midseason. Not everybody, not every team was. Which could be a reason that ECU is technically so bad. Yeah. Maybe, the, maybe the roster makers we have didn't asked, get to ECU. We have got a question on here to see the roster at some point. Okay, it could be that the roster makers didn't get ECU done. That's which would make a lot of sense. Sure. They're like a 67 overall. Yeah. Or... Maybe they're just star. I mean, they're going to be a bowl eligible team this year, probably. Are they? No. Oh. Oh, it's almost halftime. Just trying to make our viewers feel better. Um, anyway, back to Tennessee and Texas A&M. Uh, a- A&M fans have to be tired of Jimbo, and I, I just I don't know how you can continue to defend them because recruiting only goes so far. Right. Once the guys get there, you need to you need to get them to that next level. Well, when it was like year. One, year two, even year three, you know, he hadn't got all his recruits in, and they were losing these games. You were going, well, eventually, you know, A&M's going to start winning these games. And it's just never started to really Why? happen. Oh, oh, what a ball. The offense is clicking, Coach. There it is. Great play, Coach. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the, the fans have been waiting and waiting. They had that one COVID year where they won ten games and finished in the top five or six. And since then, it's just been... Six and six, seven and five, eight and four, um, leaving so much to be desired. Lots of good teams, lots of good defenses wasted with with substandard, you know, results. Oh, look at that! Oh, he's off to the races. As he's getting tackled. Um. Anyway, so I don't know. I mean, he's Jimbo's a hard guy to fire. He's he's like. He's like. The bio- being being. Being mid-tier is okay in college football, it feels, unless you're A&M. You know, like in the NBA and the NFL, they say the worst thing to do is be average because yes. you don't ever get better because you don't get the draft picks, yes. especially the NBA where one player makes all the difference. It feels like that with, with A&M. Like, he hasn't been so horribly bad that they can justify getting fired of him no matter, you know, getting rid of him no matter what. But I don't know. I, w- I would want new blood in there. Uh, I mean, they have, they have the facilities. They have the money. If they can come up with the buyout, they can still pretty much name their next coach. Yes, right. Outside of Saban and Smart and a few others, they can pretty yeah. much throw their money at whatever coach they want. Right. Um, yeah, you're right, and I think they will. Um, I, I just I can't I can't see a world where if this season trajectory keeps sort of going, 
yeah. where they decide, oh, no, we need to stick with Jimbo for another year. Why? Seven and five, what do you think they do? Oh. That's, that's, See, about, that's, about, so that's, that's, that's about the level where I'm like, they'll have a decision. Because they're already four and three. Right. So I'm just seven gonna, and five I'm is gonna a... I'm going to field goal range here, I think. Sure. We need to play smart, right? I mean, we're only up by 28. <laughs> I mean, Alabama was beating Arkansas 28-0 last it. year. Stop it. <laughs> Stop that. We're not talking about that yet. I guess we can, though. Oh, my God. What are we going to do with these results? All right, we'll move on. Um, we talk this about game was not close, but I'm going to get to it because it's next on the list, and that's LSU destroying Is there Auburn. a back to this? There's a back. Look at you. Okay. Front and back. Go for it. Yep. Nope. Go for it. LSU 48-18 over Auburn. I don't want to break it down too much because we know what LSU's offense has been doing. Um, but basically, LSU had nearly 600 yards of offense, and I want to talk more about Auburn because there was a moment there where they were looking like they had a little bit of momentum with 3-0 start. Yes. But now that we're in league play... It's been really bad. Auburn's bad at football this year. They were bad at football. And I didn't expect them to be good. I didn't expect them to be good. After their first three games, I didn't expect it to look like this. And after they played, let's face it, they played A&M really close to a half. They did. Um, so through three and a half games, Auburn was a, I don't want to say decent-looking team, but they weren't a bad-looking they were, team. They were more dangerous than I thought they'd be. But really, the quarterback play and the offense has just hit a wall in league play. I mean, that's, that's what it is. They, they just they can't. They can't find the end zone. They can't find guys. They're only getting about 100 yards, 120 yards a game for yep. their starting quarterbacks. Yep. Um, you have written here on the flip side, can Daniels actually win the Heisman? I think this is a really, really interesting I'm point. interested to see what you think um, here. I think two things, three things need to happen. He has to uh, beat Alabama, mm -hmm. and not necessarily even just beat Alabama. He needs to torch Alabama. Mm -hmm. uh, I yeah, think, like, a, like a lot of good numbers and stuff, which yes. I think he will if they win that game. Yes, and he has to do that. They have to be competitive with Georgia, and he has to play out of his mind in that game. Mm -hmm. Do they that, get them regular season? Uh, no. Or if, this being a I'm potential like, SEC title? I'm saying that they, they beat Alabama, they then need to beat Georgia, and he needs to, or play well against Georgia, and he needs to be a huge part of the reason why they play well, right? Yeah. And then the third thing that has to happen is Michael Penix has to completely fall apart, mm -hmm. which could also happen. It could happen. You know, it's the Pac-12, and crazier things have happened. If Caleb Williams could win the Heisman last year, losing to the same team twice, right. I mean... Right. Jaden Daniels can win a Heisman if he upsets Bama in Tuscaloosa. That's we've seen that's a tried and true formula to winning a Heisman. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, no, I I think he can. I think a lot of things have to fall in place, and I won't say he controls his own destiny towards the Heisman like a lot of guys do right now. He probably doesn't. You're right about that. Uh, no, I mean I think at this point Penix does with the play, you know, with the teams he has left on the schedule and yeah. the numbers he's putting up. Yes, agreed. I'm going to the end zone here. I can promise you, I'm just gonna. I mean, it's open. You got it. You got it. Dog. Easy. Absolute dog. Easy game. Absolute dog. Thank you. Great play. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, there, there is a world where he can. It's just it, things need to fall his way a bit more. Sure. A uh, team I've been interested and excited to talk about this week is Missouri, and I've never done this before. I've never been excited to talk about Missouri. But they beat Kentucky 38-21, uh, which on its head is not really a game that, like, really elicits a lot of feelings in me. But just the fact that Two weeks ago, we were talking about Kentucky as a, hey, this is a this is a good team. This is a good top 25 yes. team. I right. think you and I were both premature. I think the country was premature on Kentucky. Sure. Is that fair? Yeah. They I, got destroyed by Georgia. Now they've lost to Missouri pretty handily. I'd say so. Yeah. I'd, I'd say that's fair. But Missouri is a team, like Clemson, I don't want to play right now. And you know who does? Without their best player, it's going to be Georgia. Uh, Tennessee still got to play Missouri, I believe. Yes. Missouri's got... I'm sure I put them on here. They've got Tennessee, they've got Georgia, they've got Florida. They've got good games left on their schedule. And I think they win at least one of those. 
Florida being too. the most likely, but... I do, too. I, I think there's a, a world where they could upset one of the teams that nobody really thinks they're going to beat. I think they're strangely a team that not a ton of people have really talked about or looked into. Um, but they're, you know, this is, if you were a Missouri fan, this is sort of your peak, right? After the teams that went to the SEC title game, mm -hmm. this is going to be the, the mountaintop for Missouri, right? Am I wrong in that? No, you're not. They can go. To, I mean, they, hey, they win all three of those games, and they're playing somebody in the SEC title game. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think either of us think that's going to happen, but it could. It Crazy awesome. things have happened. No, the big thing is that they got they got the win despite a pretty lackluster effort. For, I mean, no, bad bad game from Luther Burden. He only had 15 yards. What's What's crazy to me is that uh, I just picked up this first down. Is that uh, week by week my perception of Kentucky and Florida flip, right? Yeah. So Kentucky shells Florida. And I'm like, man, Kentucky's actually pretty good. And then after this week, I'm like, oh, man, Florida's not bad, right? Maybe Florida's the team we need to be looking out for. And Lord knows what's going to happen next week. I thought Kentucky was going to be great. I really did. I thought Crazy that this that was going to be changed a, during the season. A, a, a big shot. Well, you and I always talk so uh, to the point, to the moment, that like sometimes we're just wrong. Sometimes. Not you, though. Not always, but no, sometimes. Usually never. Uh, I didn't watch this game, but Stanford did a little something-something on Friday night. Buddy, I did. did. Were you up watching that? Oh, buddy, was I. Yeah, no, it was a, uh, it was a fantastic game. Oh, gosh. Their, their receiver, I don't know who it... I, I cannot... Yeah, he's like, got a long name. Oh, no, Patrick. <laughs> no. Oh, no. That's the house. Wrong. No! Oh No! Yeah, it is to the house. Block in the back. Block in the back. I'm sorry. That's on me. Hey, it's all good. Um, listen, we've said this on the pod a few times when we want to say bad things about Here, Colorado. Flip the, flip the screens over. Oh, um, yeah, nobody got that look anyway. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. We've said this on the pod multiple times, but like, no matter what Colorado does the rest of the way, they have outplayed the expectation that we had set for them, and sure. they've outplayed where they were last year. Sure, yep. So it's a success. Yes. But are we move, did we move a little too quickly into crowning... Uh, Colorado is something that they just aren't. I don't think we did that. Yeah, sure. I, I think there was a lot of talk in the country on that, and I'm not saying that we didn't necessarily do it. I just don't think... We were not ready to sit there and say, oh, they've got it all figured out. This is a... Not even a contender, but this is a good team. Yeah, I mean, I they, they were like... A, it's very solidly a top 25 team three weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, very solidly. Like, anybody in the country would be like, yeah, I mean, Colorado's a top 25 team. They're playing like it. Right. But yeah. now they've, um, I don't know why I'm throwing. Uh, they've been losing. They had. They are. They are in danger. I mean, you look at the rest of their schedule, and I should have put it on here. Um, but really, uh, what they've accomplished this year is, is a close win against TCU, who is. Uh, uh -oh. I think we have a hurt player. Uh oh, that's our quarterback. Or no? That might Wide be receiver, back. maybe. Um, close win against TCU, who is now four and three. That's our running. Close back. win against Arizona State. Yep. Close win against Colorado State. That's yep. that's their season. Yes. And they've lost. Three of their last. Uh, my question is, they could conceivably lose the rest of the games on their schedule. Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah. How would you think of Colorado if they don't win two more games the rest of the way? I mean, that's what Vegas predicted them to do, right? I, I like that's they they have met they have literally met the expectation at that point. Um, you know, I think now if you're, you're asking me on the on the field. That's what I'll say. Off the field, they've exceeded expectations. They are not a laughing stock. No, they're, they're set up. Dion is recruiting well. They are still in the headlines despite... Name another team that's lost this many games and is still in the headlines week by week. They're achieving what they've wanted to achieve yeah. this year. 
And Dion has said it time and time again. This is the last time we're going to be this bad. You were in your bag today after the pick. <laughs> I was sick. Um, a lot of times those don't sneak in in this game, but that was that was that was a solid one. But yeah, I I, I think you know. I think they've achieved everything they've wanted to achieve off the field. It's on the field where they're still yeah. struggling. They're with. certainly set up for the future. Yes, absolutely. I mean, they're going to recruit in a way that a team like Colorado hasn't recruited in decades. So, yeah. uh, since they probably won a championship in the 90s. Uh, I guess that brings us to the Alabama game. Uh, one thing I will say, Stanford's yeah. wide receiver had 249 yards between uh, halftime. Yeah, 30 minutes of football. And overtime against what is the perceived best defensive back in college football. That's a, that's a statement game. Uh, which is nuts to me. Also, Travis Hunter's hurt, so I don't buy too much into that. Sure. But Also, you know, Stanford's not good. I thought this was, uh, I definitely thought that was a quarterback run, not a wildcat run. We're just going to let this go to half, let the troops get some rest. All right, Bama 24-21 Arkansas. Shh. I, have, I will admit going into this that I have seen... I watched the entire first half, and then everything I've seen in the second half is like one of those 20-minute extended highlight videos. Uh, so you're going to have to help me out through this. But um, like pretty much every game Alabama's played this year, aside from MTSU, tail of two halves game. And I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired of saying it. But that, that is it, more true this week than any other week so yes, far. Yes, big time. Big um, time. So before I go to my first discussion thing, just... How how are you? How are you feeling after uh, the, I guess, scare that Arkansas gave? Saturday, during the game and after the game, I felt a lot worse than I do now, um, especially having watched the replay. There were a lot of things in that game that I don't think are emblematic or going to be repeated. There was a face mask on a third and 16 that would have stopped a drive deep in Arkansas's own territory. Mm -hmm. There was uh, the play where Terry on Arnold... For whatever reason, decided, I think it was genuinely just a, I need to get my hands on them and somebody will come help me, and then nobody ever came. Help never yeah. arrived. Uh, but decided to wrap up KJ Jefferson super high around his shoulder pads. Uh, Jefferson got loose. Coverage at that point had broken down because people were running to help on the blitz. Um, and it, it just wasn't... It, it, those aren't things that I think are going to be factors that we look at and say, oh, this is happening all the time. Like, yes, there are penalties abound with Alabama this year. We know that. Yes, that is emblematic of Alabama. Many, <laughs> how many of them have been on the defense, though? Most of the time where it's been... Mostly the offensive line, a, occasionally on the defense. A back-breaking defense. The only yeah. thing I take from that game that really terrifies me is the left tackle position. It's not even really the whole offensive line anymore. Mm -hmm. that, is a, that is a worry. It is genuinely the left tackle position has been, oh my gosh, has been so terrible. Mm -hmm. Um... And that's that's the thing that is the most concerning. Jalen Milrow had some overthrows, uh, but you know, in the second half. But at the same time, a lot of that was play calling. Why is Alabama running not running the ball on some of those drives anyway? Now yeah. you get into the fourth quarter and it's clear you're trying to clear, kill clock and not score. Then you have to start throwing a little bit. And I said that to the people we were watching with, but there was one drive where Alabama ripped off five straight runs of at least six yards. Mm -hmm threw it twice and kicked a field goal. And I, I, I don't know how you get there. I, yeah. I don't know what game you're watching if you decide that is your best option. Oh my gosh, he's terrible at throwing on the run. I'm going for this. Um, this has been my worst drive of the game. Do your thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I just I, I don't think those things are emblematic. I don't think those are going to be patterns um, other than the things that we've seen all year that are already patterns, if that makes sense. I'm going to change up my question here uh, that, that, I, that I had written down. Terrible, but, terrible drive for me. So three straight years, 
Two years ago, Alabama was up, I think, 31-14 or 31-16, and they needed a onside kick uh, recovery to survive Arkansas yep. at home. Uh, last year, Alabama was up 28-0 and let Arkansas get up twenty-eight, get it to 28-3 before they scored late. Now, that was Bryce also got Bryce hurt. got hurt, right? That's... But, and then this past, you know, 24-6, 21-6, uh, 24-6, whatever it was, and then, you know, it got scary. But that's three straight years where Alabama was up big, it got kind of scary, and then they were able to just hang on. Could this be a little bit of it? I mean, this could... Like, Sam Pittman's a good coach. Yeah. He's made good adjustments three straight years, yes. just not... Oh, shoot, I did not realize we had the ball here. Uh, not quite there to... Oh, we, um, we got the twos in, babe. Yeah, we do. I'm going to throw it anyway. Uh, I like the setup. I, I, like, I like Sam Pittman. I like Arkansas. Um, I think it is... Oh, no. I think it is a, a, a team in a program where like, KJ Jefferson has set multiple Arkansas records now, uh-huh. um, and I think it's a team in a program that, unfortunately, just kind of keeps getting in their own way. Yeah, um, and plays in the hardest division in college football. Period. Um, traditionally, this year not necessarily the case, but traditionally they do. Um, I think Sam Pittman's a great coach. I, I like him as a person. Yeah, he's down to earth. I see why people want to go play for him. Um, he has a style of football that he likes playing, and if they get hot and they, they really get somebody against the ropes, they can beat people bad. Um, it's just they haven't had that opportunity this year. But, yeah, their games that they've lost this year are all within two scores, and most of them are within one score. Um, so, yeah, they, they, that's a factor. But also I think, you know, these three years have been super strange for Alabama. Sure. Right? Um, the Arkansas year in 2020, or the Arkansas game in the 2021 season, I was in Rome watching. Yes. I don't really remember that one as well, but I do remember it as a game where Bryce was a little bit off. Yeah. And it was one of maybe three games in his entire Alabama career where that happened. The game last year, Bryce gets hurt uh, right before halftime. A self-admitted, he has said this about himself, um, a very scared and shook Jalen Milrow takes over, um, and it kind of shows. And now, yeah. granted, he shook out of it and had – Arguably the best scramble that Alabama's seen from a quarterback since, uh, I don't know, probably the SEC title game a few years ago. Yeah. Um, but it's just, uh, you know, I, I these three years have been very tumultuous. And I, I don't think you can say this was all Sam Pittman or all Arkansas or all Alabama. I think it's a combination of both sort of rearing its ugly head. So I guess it, it doesn't seem like you're as panicked as I thought you were from the text, and I thought you would be today. Again, during the game I was. Yeah. During the game I was not happy. Um, mainly because it was, and Parker brings up a good point in the chat, thank you Parker, center's been terrible too. Mm-hmm. Bad snaps, snapping it when Jalen's not looking again, snapping it when our team isn't set again, um, false starts, things of that nature, it's just, it's ugly. It's I don't know that the, I don't know that the offensive line has looked good for more than maybe two drives in a row all season. Uh, I'd agree with that. Every time they start to look good, they give up a big sack. I mean, the, the, they haven't gone gotten going, and I don't. That's my biggest fear now is that left tackle position, and I think a lot of Alabama fans will say the same thing because they tried both guys. Proctor started as he has been most of the year, and Pritchett came in when Proctor was giving up sacks, and, uh, and he gave up sacks. Guess who? Well, and played so much worse. Than yeah. Proctor was. Yes. So much worse than Proctor. Because we were we were going like, how is Proctor still starting? They put in Pritchett, and we went, oh, oh, that's how. That's why Proctor's least, still starting. But at least Alabama tried. It's at better to give up switch. five sacks a game and not seven sacks yes. a game. Um, at least they made the switch, though. I respect them for making the switch. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 a tough thing to watch, especially when that group was so talked about in the off season. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's hard to watch them struggle this mightily. 
Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's ugly. Alabama's got to figure it out. But I think more than that, Tommy Reese has to figure it out. Yeah. There were multiple drives where it was, this is an obvious run play here. And now granted, it's not like Milrow was playing like Brett Favre, right? Oh my goodness. Um, it wasn't like Milrow was playing like Brett Favre. Sure. Okay? He wasn't dotting up the field or anything in the second half. In the first half, he was phenomenal. He had three great deep balls. Mm -hmm. um, but the second half, he was he had some overthrows and things. But again, the game shouldn't have been in his hands at that point. Yeah. That is when you ground and pound and you dominate like Alabama always has in games like that. And they just couldn't do it. They just couldn't get it done. They haven't been a good team. And this is, this is another issue I do have with Alabama. And it's not as much of like a quantifiable one. But they have not been good at adjusting to changing game scripts. As the game starts to change, Alabama's... On offense. On offense, yes. yes. No, defense, this is all offense. This is, listen, Alabama's defense is good enough to win a national championship. I mean, coach, they can't stop us. Is a national, I'm just trying to score another touchdown. Yeah, why not? Uh, this is a national championship level defense. Oh, well, never mind, game's over. Um, you have earned the bronze trophy, unstoppable. Unstoppable, baby. Uh, but offensively, they have not done a good job at adapting to when the game changes. They find their spot, and as soon as that little bit of game script changes, they kind of lose themselves for a little too long, uh, which is my uh, the big thing. If Alabama wants to do what we know they can do, they need to get better at playing 60 minutes of football. Yes. Not every drive. I'm not saying every drive has to be perfect. I'm not saying Alabama needs to start winning every game 56-14 or whatever we just did. But, like, what I am saying is that they have to stop playing a half of football and expect to beat the teams that they're going to need to beat to make, yes. you know, Tennessee this week, which we'll get into in a little bit. But um, they're going to have to start being a, a more of a, I mean, at least a 45-minute football team. going to have 45 minutes of football instead yes. of 30 every week. Right. And if they learn to do that, they'll be playing Georgia is, is basically the way I see it. And I, I think they can. They can. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to say that they're going to an SEC title. I don't think anybody who listens to this podcast think that's an outrageous thing to say. A lot of people are way more up on Alabama than you and I are. Sure. Um, a lot of the coworkers, a lot of the people in our chat um, don't think as, as badly of Alabama as we do. Oh, Kermit. It's going to be close. Kermit, don't do it. It might go to the offseason. Kermit, don't do it. Um, but it's just, I think Alabama is right on the cusp. And I think what Alabama needs more than anything right now is a bye week. Mm -hmm. They got, they got um, one more week till the bye? One more week till the bye. Tennessee, then the bye, right? And, uh, you know, Saban talked about it. Saban talked about how terrible practice was this week. Yeah. This is not something that should shock anybody that Alabama played down to their competition this week, given everything that Saban said, if you go back and look at his press conferences. He told you what was about to happen. Um, I think Alabama got a little complacent, which I don't know of an Alabama team in your fandom that hasn't at some point gotten complacent. Yeah. Um, had one of those games, right? 2009 is an undefeated team. They get complacent against Tennessee, and they need Rocky Block to win it. They got complacent against Auburn because they got a lead and then needed uh, a Roy Upchurch touchdown in the last two minutes to win it. Right. right? Not every team's going to face adversity. Bama's handled, since uh, the Texas game, they've handled the, all of it. The 2020 team had a letdown game against Ole Miss, nearly lost. Yeah. Um, now, granted, that team is one of the best offenses Alabama's ever put out on the field, so they kind of figured it out. Um but no, I, I think you and I talked about it a little bit earlier. I think this is never going to be one of those Alabama teams that just goes out and dominates somebody. Yeah. And if it does, everyone in the country should be scared. I thought that's where you're running into Saturday after the first half. I did too. I, I, I don't want to even go look, look at the, some of the texts I was sending because it was, you know, I was like, oh, I think we were justified in saying it. Though. We were. I, I, don't, I don't feel like anything from that game. I mean, our defense was that good. Defense looked that good the first two drives of the second half too. 
It's just they were on the field so much that they got gassed, they got exhausted, and that was that. So is there credit to be given for the way they were still able to close it out, or is it they sure. just, they just, okay. Yes, yes. I, I think showing poison moxie, I think that's a huge part of college football. I mean, they're 18 to 22 year olds. They did need multiple first downs to run out the clock, and they did get them. At the end, they got them when they needed them. They did. It wasn't pretty, and I they were still doing it throwing the ball, but... I didn't love how it happened, but it happened. Uh, yeah, no, we're going to learn a lot about Alabama this upcoming week. All right, let's go over a couple more games. Uh, just rapid fire. Rapid fire. From, uh, from last just week. Just whatever you think about it. We talked about this last pod last Thursday because we were there on Tuesday. Coastal Carolina, uh, 27, App State, 24. That was a great game. It was a lot of fun. That's um, why I put it. Fun game. Fun. Florida State, 41. Syracuse, 3. This one was never really close. There are, there, so I, these the next four games kind of all, I put asterisks by three, but they're all like t- there are four top ten teams that all just kind of hummed along. And they, they we're getting that mid-season thing where Ohio State and well, Penn State and, and I'm Michigan. And I'm not saying anything by saying this, but yeah. uh, three of those teams are big ten teams. Yes. Just yes. humming along. Humming along. Didn't have to play Arkansas. Because, <laughs> um, by the way, Purdue, UMass, and Indiana, I think, would all get shelled by Arkansas. Yeah. Um, but I digress. So would Syracuse. Uh, oh, Ooh. There's no way to turn up field in this no, game. No, there isn't. Uh, hopefully they fix that in the next one. Guys, fix that in the next one, please. Those of you who are watching. Uh, Pitt 38, Louisville 21. Louisville finally lost. Yeah, they made. They, I was excited about Louisville having a good season and yes. being a good team. And then they just, I mean, they did what they needed to do and beat Notre Dame for me. But yep. beyond that. Uh, yep. Uh, you have uh, Utah 34, Cal 14. Is that Utah being good or Cal being bad? Um... Probably more Cal being bad, if just off the top of my head. I think so too. But Utah's only got one loss, and they're still a player in the Pac-12. I'm not. I'm not discounting them yet. Uh, Duke 24, NC State three. I don't have anything good to say about NC State. That's that's my that's my whole thing about this team. Uh, nothing yeah, good to say about them. You can't lose a Duke 24 to three if you're NC State. You just can't let that happen. This next one hurts. Washington State scored six points against Arizona. That made no sense to me. Who scored 44? That made no sense to me, but that's the thing. We, I, sometimes we just... The Pac-12 does this. Decide how we feel about a team before we know all the facts. Oh, and the Pac-12 does this to us a lot, right? Yeah. How is Rice 7-3? and three? I don't know, but... On what planet are we playing? This defense is a lot better than what we just faced. I'm having trouble finding things open. Uh, you had Iowa 15, Wisconsin 6. Good night. Yeah. Iowa is 5-6-1 and one right now? Yes. And has looked... Uh, like, they're so good on defense. They're not out of it in their conference. Dude, they had six first downs again Saturday. Yeah. Six! I would be so ill if I was an Iowa fan right now. Like, you have the defense you've been dreaming of. And, and you have for two years and now. And it's just... And it just doesn't matter because no one takes you seriously on offense. And your offense has gotten worse as the year's gone on. Mm. Granted, McNamara's hurt, and I get that, but... Uh, Florida 41, South Carolina 29. That, that was a hell of a football game by Florida. I mean, Florida really stuck to their guns and came out of oh yeah Columbia with a win, which is not an easy place to win in October or at any That was a big win for Florida. Season. Florida's just ask Tennessee. It's not easy to win there. Um, oh. oh, money. Oh, my money. gosh. That's just a big football player. See, the thing is, you take the controller... And you're just dotting them up around the field. And then I take the controller, and it's just 
three or four inside gives a read option and let's bust them over the top D. Well, don't 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 go back and watch our YouTube video of our stream from uh, two weeks ago then, or maybe last week. Was, Whenever we lost to Charlotte, it was last week because I lost the Charlotte game. That's okay. I lost the Mississippi State game. It's fine. Uh, all right. It's a, it, oh, it, get off me! Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm mad. I was looking down. Um, not a, not the. Yeah, he didn't get hurt. Ready? Look at that. Oh. Ah. Um, not the biggest oh, slate of major games, as you can see on our uh, list up here, but um, <laughs> I, I mess that up yeah. every time. But I'm going to have you pick some of the spreads. Okay. Um, Alabama, minus 8.5 against uh, Tennessee. I think that spread might be right on the money, if, if not a little inflated. Um, you know, neutral site, since this is a home game for Alabama, neutral site would say it's about a five-point Bama, yeah. Bama favorite. I think that's more in the realm of possibility. I think I think seven's actually a better number, um, and I think it will start climbing. It started down. at seven. Um, it's gone up a little bit. It's gone up. Yeah. See, that surprises me. I, I will say I think this is a good matchup for Alabama. Um, I think that when Tennessee is successful, it's because they run the ball very, very well. Mm -hmm. um, and there has not been a team this season who's been able to run the ball well against Alabama, uh, arguably the most talented running back in the SEC, uh, had, what, 35 yards in the Ole Miss game? Yeah. I mean, nothing. Um, so that's, you know, that's a feather in the cap. Um, it, it all depends on, now, granted, Tennessee's defensive line in front seven really got after Texas A&M good on Saturday. Um, they're playing at home, so there's that aspect to it. And as Alabama saw, Texas A&M's line sort of broke down midway through the game in both of the last two contests, but it broke down midway through the game, not the entire game like Alabama's has been. Sure. Um, so this is going to be a really interesting contest. I think it really is going to depend on which quarterback plays better. And from what I've seen from Milton and Milrow, I think I'll give the edge to Milrow, especially at home in that one. And again, this is a revenge game for Nick Saban, which he does not like losing. Uh, look at you adjusting on adjusting the fly. on the fly. I didn't like how I was clipping over uh, it. <laughs> so yeah, I, you know that's that's where I stand on the Alabama game. What about you? No, I, I'm glad. Thank you for bringing that. I did want to talk a little bit about this one. Um, on paper, I would probably have Alabama winning this by ten or more. On paper, but if there's ever been a game that, in my in my opinion, of the last few years, maybe even of the entire Nick Saban era, where I think this game will not be played on paper, and you know the old adage, games aren't played on paper. But um, uh, yeah. With with the emotions and both teams still being in the hunt in the in the SEC and the revenge factor and it's at home and the crowd's gonna be going. I'm going and for this. Go for it. We're we're look, we're we're laying it all out there. This is going to be an ugly, hard fought, tweetable, moment by moment type of football game, and I don't see either team pulling away. So I don't have Al I have Alabama winning. I do not have them covering. Look at that dot. Absolute dot. Uh, so yeah, I've got Alabama winning probably by four or five in this game. I don't have them winning by more than eight, uh, but I do have them winning. So I will had not have them covering just because I think it's going to be such an ugly, ugly football game. I, I don't have them covering. I want you to know if they do cover, we are smoking cigars. Sure. Okay. I'm down with that. Okay. Um, it's an old tradition. If, we, if, if you're we, not an Alabama or Tennessee person, you probably don't covering. know. Covering. If they win, we're smoking. If they win by one... <laughs> If they win by if they win this game three to two, I'm smoking a cigar with you. This is uh yeah this is I mean this is a make or break game for both programs. We've never gone this long without a win against Tennessee in our friendship. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, so hold on. Yeah. So I think this is a make or break game for both programs mm -hmm. right now this season. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I really do. I think that sure. I think Alabama's probably got a little bit more to play for. 
I don't even want to say that. Nice drive. Um, they have more to lose. They have, in my opinion. they have more to lose. I, I just think, I think this means a little bit more to Alabama this season. I think last year was a huge year for Tennessee getting this yeah, win it was. in Knoxville. Um, and I think if Alabama wins on Saturday, this is going to be a huge sort of moving on from what a lot of people will consider a very, very awful time in Alabama football history, even yeah. though that was a... Adds a monkey on their back. Um, so yeah, I think I'll take Saban in a revenge game. I'll take Alabama at home. I'm not sure I'm going to take them to cover, but if they don't cover, I think they're just barely going to miss it. Um, next game on there is, I believe, Florida State is a 14-point favorite against Duke. Yeah, I like that. Hmm. I do. Uh, that game is being played in Tallahassee. Um, I think Duke looks a lot different without Riley Leonard. Um, if he's back, I haven't seen anything about him, but he, yeah. if he is back, I... I I'm not going to have Florida State covering. I'll still have them winning. Uh, if he's not back, I, I have Florida State winning pretty handedly in this one, uh, which means that Duke is going to go win by 17. I like the way Florida State showed up this past weekend. They were, they were having not letdowns, but they were playing a little bit down to what we knew they could be yes. um, against lesser competition. So to go out and get that big win against Syracuse, yeah, excited to see that from them. So I do have them winning this one. I have them rolling basically until they play, I, don't know, I, I suppose Miami's a rivalry game that could... Yep. Trip them up. But I, I think they win this one pretty easily. Ohio State's a four and a half point favorite over Penn State. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I mean, if I actually, I, I like Penn State a lot in this one, but what happened was Ohio State looked like they figured out a lot of things this past week. Yes. Uh, the last couple weeks. They've been playing a lot. I, I've been being hard on them because they weren't wowing me, but they've started to wow me. So I do, not going to help my Heisman. Uh, pick, but I do have them covering in this game. Oh, oh, what a ball! Oh my <laughs> word! All right, we may need to cut a highlight tape together from from today. Oh, that is just that is a dot. Get to the line too, because I don't know if you actually caught that. Uh, I, I okay. It depends on which Kyle McCord shows up. Yeah. Right. If it is early season Kyle McCord, I think Penn State actually has a pretty good shot at winning this game. Oh, they sure. If it they is certainly do. The last two or three weeks, I think it could get pretty ugly for Penn State. I think um, even if Kyle McCord plays well, if Alar plays well on it, like this could be this could be a shootout. Yes. Yeah. Well, and then it comes down to defenses, and I don't know between these two teams who has the best defense right now. Um, so I, I like Ohio State. I'll take them to cover, but that's you know. If Penn State goes out and covers, I won't be surprised by that. Yeah. By the way, this is a seven and three team that we are taking to the woodshed. We right figured now. this offense out a little bit more. It's hard coming back week to week, but I mean, listen, we're about to end the season. Like, we're we're different though, is the thing. Like people don't realize that about us is we're different. Oklahoma nineteen point favorite, Big Twelve matchup against UCF. The only Big Twelve matchup these two will ever have. Um, it's a shame that spread isn't uh, twenty nine. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I, yeah. I don't. I am not giving UCF much of a shot in this one, um, especially after what you had Oklahoma with an emotional win um, in their last game. There it is. You had, That's uh, the move. Oh, get to the pylon, son. That's all right. That was a good hard run. Um, an emotional win, a week off, and now they have to. They don't have to play. Uh, they are playing UCF. Is that game in the? Uh, Little Princess Castle, or is that game in Norman? No, it's in the Princess Castle. Okay, all right, yeah. cool, 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 cool. Uh, Ole Miss, six and a half point favorite at Auburn. Why is that number so low? Is it? I think it's the at Auburn, and it's a night game. Okay. So that's the one bit. thing that gives me pause, but Auburn just... 
Thanks for answering my question so quickly. You're welcome. Because <laughs> you're right. That is why that number is so low. But, but Auburn's offense is so, so Auburn hasn't been moving the ball on the road or at home. And uh, uh, being at home doesn't help your offense complete passes. It helps your defense. Right. But right. I, I'm, I've got Ole Miss covering in this one. Uh, USC is a six-and-a-half-point favorite over Utah. Do you like that? Because I don't like that line at all after last week. I like it. We saw what USC is against a physical defense. We did. Um, the way that you kind of said earlier that Alabama is not going to have a game script where, you know, I, I don't know that I'm going to see Kayla Williams ever play that poorly again. Oh, my word. <laughs> Let's get in there. Oh, my word. I am dotting up these defenses. It's, it's a true shame they let these boys on the field with us. Um, yeah, no, I, I think you're right, and I think that's fair, but I, I don't know, man. That Utah defense is something else. They, it is. They smother people on the run. They're pretty decent in the pass game. I'm just not Yeah. I'm not sure USC is the play here. Um, I just, I'm not giving up on Caleb Williams after one bad game, but then again, Caleb Williams has lost to this team twice in his career. He's 0-2 against them. So you have a point. I mean, you have a very strong point. Oh, Jones, you've got to catch that. got to catch that. That's our that's, first incompletion. That's got to be a catch. Uh, but no, I'm going to, I'm going to go USC covering. I think you don't. And that's fair. Cause we, it's good when we disagree sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Clemson's a four point favorite at Miami. So th that tells you how far the sort of perception on Miami's fallen. So this is, did we confirm this is coming off after a buy for Clemson? Uh, I think it is, but I'll try to confirm. Um, if it is, then that number is too low. I think I, I, I don't really know if Miami is playing for a lot right now. I think the towel got kind of thrown in. I don't think it was thrown in going into uh, the North Carolina game, but I think after last week, it's going to be hard for those guys to get up for a game, um, even if it is Clemson, especially because Clemson's kind of having a down year. If Clemson was having a normal Clemson year, you know, I think this might be a little bit of a closer game, but I'm just not really sure Miami's heart's in this one, uh, which stinks because... Oh, Patrick. I'm sorry. That was the first bad driving title game, and hey, it's, it's no, we're good. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll, take, I'll take Clemson winning and covering in that one. Um, yeah, no, I think Miami's just going to have a hard time keeping the players motivated. Uh, chat, go ahead and fire some questions. And, and that, I mean, that is sort of the end of our, uh, That's the end of of our the thing. We're going to, we're going to discuss, we get some good discussion questions. We might be able to keep the pod going. Otherwise, yeah. um, 50, a little 15, 57 minute pod. Jalen Milrow Heisman sleeper. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, don't think so. Maybe next year. If he beats... Maybe next year. Right, let's 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 play this game. Let's play this hypothetical. What will it take for Jalen Milrow to win the Heisman? A 500-yard, 70-point effort against Georgia after beating LSU by 20 when he ran for three touchdowns and threw for three touchdowns. Maybe then Heisman in by T sleeper, but Heisman winner no. I I, I, don't I think you might be winner. being too harsh. Uh, wins over Tennessee, LSU, and Georgia with big numbers will get him in the discussion. Yeah, I said big numbers. Yeah, you were saying like five, like seven hundred all purpose. I don't know what that said, is but, a big number. Yeah, I don't think he has to do that, but I think wins and looking impressive while he does it will get him in the discussion to win it. Yes. I mean, yeah, to win out, make the playoff, and yeah, change the script on Alabama football right now. All right, uh, podcast. I think that's going to do it for y'all. We're gonna we're gonna let you guys go. Thank you so much for listening, like you do every week. Sorry there wasn't a pod last week. The uh, equipment malfunctioned. That's all good. Bye bye. Love you.